This is Paige, the co-host of Giggly Squad, and I want to tell you about a company that I've been loving, Olive and June. Olive and June gives you everything that you need for a salon-quality manicure in one box. And if you break it down, it really comes out to $2 a manicure, which is absolutely insane. It's also so easy to get salon-worthy nails at home with Olive and June. The difference between how your nails used to look when you did them yourself and now with the Manny system is a complete game changer. The best thing about Olive and June, too, is it's a quick dry. Dries in about one minute, lasts for five days, and full coverage in up to one to two coats. Visit oliveandjune.com slash perfectmanny20 for 20% off your first system. That's oliveandjune.com slash perfectmanny20 for 20% off your first system. Please be advised that Six Degrees of Reality TV contains explicit language. Hi and welcome to Six Degrees of Reality TV, the podcast where two MFAs try to figure out what the hell is happening on our screens. My name is Amy, and I hold an MFA in creative nonfiction. And my name is Leslie, and I hold an MFA in creative writing fiction. And together, we are trying to uncover what it means to fall in love on reality TV. Hi, everyone. Welcome to Six Degrees of Reality TV. My name is Amy, and I'm your co-host. And I'm Leslie, fresh back from the 90s. (laughs) (laughs) Leslie went to the 90s over the weekend Yeah, she's not back yet I don't think mentally no you're still there I don't think so I was in a DeLorean I was like in an actual DeLorean not like the original DeLorean obviously this is like one that was custom made and refitted for purposes like the ease of going to conventions and having them displayed guys Christopher Lloyd Doc Brown himself was there wow and Leah Thompson was there Wow. Wow. And I got a picture with them and Chris Lloyd is in the DeLorean as I'm I'm hugging Leah Thompson. Like it's, I can't believe it. Tell us about, um, did you meet a band? Guys, my teenage dream. Okay. I'm going to try not to cry. Came true because I got to hug multiple times. AJ McLean and Nick Carter of the Backstreet Boys. Multiple, oh my God. multiple times. Oh my God. You must have been dying. I was dying. And I, I did tell AJ, I was like, you know, what's funny is that the first time I met you, I was 14 years old. I was in the studio audience of TRL. And I'm like telling him about how I skipped school. And he recorded a sweet video to my best friend who couldn't be there. She lives in Florida. They didn't like, get me hey, a goddamn video of anybody. Listen. I was busy. <laughs> I, I was busy. I was busy. I had a tight schedule. They had panels going on. There were photo ops. There were signature lines. Like oh I was running goodness. up and down. My very first convention. I had never done this before because mm-hmm. I felt like I'm a, I'm not a comic book nerd. I'm not really a superhero nerd. So like I wouldn't go to Comic Con or anything like that. But yeah. this is like music and pop culture, and that's kind of my my jam, you know. Okay. So yes. I yes. got to meet Melissa Joan Hart. I got to meet you know, Scott Wolf, like from Party of Five, Lacey Chabert and Nev Campbell. Like I can't I, believe Nev Campbell was there. That was really exciting. Oh my God. And the fact that she is so sweet and personable and she, mm. and I go up to her, you know, to give my little autograph and she's like, hi, how are you? And I'm like, 
hi, you know, <laughs> what do you say to Nev Campbell? And I'm just like, oh, um, I, I did bring my little ghost face, but you know, I don't want to scare you with them. And she started laughing. Aww. She was like, did you come far away? And I'm like, I came from New York. You know, this was in Hartford, Connecticut, by the way. So it, it was a long drive. And 90s, con, 90s con couldn't even secure a place in New York. <laughs> Listen, it's it was fine. In like it wasn't that crowded. It was like in Whittleton, North Dakota. <laughs> Listen, it's perfectly fine. There were less people. It wasn't so crowded. And she talked about how she used to live in New York. She lived in Brooklyn for like many years, but then she Mm -hmm. moved back to LA. And I was like, you got to come back for the pizza. She was like, I know. Like we had an actual conversation. And then there was this person dressed as Ghostface on the line waiting to meet her. And I go, Nev, don't be scared. But Ghostface is right there. And she looks over and she just laughed and laughed. She has the okay. best laugh. What kind of security was there? Because I wouldn't let that Ghostface near me. <laughs> I mean, it could be anybody. It could be anybody. Seriously. <sighs> I ended no up checking one, down. Trust no one. I did end up checking down Ghostface. And it did happen to be a female Ghostface okay, under that costume. And we, we took a picture together and I was taller than this ghost face. So I think I could have taken her on. So okay. can, can I tell you the one and only like fan experience that I had as a young person? Yeah, I was like, me. maybe this is going to be so lame. I was like maybe 26 and I worked, I was a traffic manager at a TV station and it was CBS Ooh. affiliate and they sent us to the Emmys in New York and Ooh. I got to meet all my soap opera <laughs> stars. That's a big deal because I was into those soaps. Kim <laughs> Zimmer, Robert Newman, Drake Hogeson, like all of them, Marlena, all of them. Was this Got around the time? Them. Because the soaps that I was into was only one really, was Passions because it was oh, like the hip God. witchy soap. Yes, yes. With Tabitha and the- Yeah, Timothy, and Jesse Metcalf. Yeah. And I got to meet um, Jesse Metcalf at some point for some soap opera thing that I went to. Mm-hmm. I, it was crazy. Guys, TLC was there. I got a picture with Chili and T-Boz. It was amazing. This sounds so much better than just hanging out with soap stars in the lobby of a hotel. You know, the, I don't want to brag, but yes, I'm going to brag. Yes. It's okay. I live vicariously through you. It was just so much fun. And, and they're going to do it again next year. I don't know who's going to be there. I don't care. I am going. It was awesome. Uh, you know what I did last weekend? We had an eight inch snowstorm and I shoveled some sidewalks and did some laundry. Uh, well, to be fair, I did fall down a flight of stairs. No celebrities yes, witnessed <laughs> What happened? <laughs> Well, I was like in line to get like an autograph. And then they were like, oh, you know, TLC is performing with the Backstreet Boys. So I start running (laughs) and I just go and just slid downstairs. And I was like, no one saw that. Cool. And I just ran up and I was like, somebody was somebody was just throwing Leslie's keywords out there. Backstreet Boys, TLC. And And I just start running. And yeah, it was just crazy. But of all the people that I met, obviously the Backstreet Boys were a highlight. TLC was amazing. Nev Campbell, who I love. Lazy should be. Oh my God. So do you want to hear what I told Scott Wolf? Like he played Bailey on Party of Five. I know. He, I was a is, huge Party of Five fan. Listen to me. Mm-hmm. I told Scott Wolf, I used to have a poster of you in my bedroom wall and I would oh. kiss it goodnight. 
he turned as red as a tomato. And I was like, I am so sorry. I just admitted that. Why would I even say that? <laughs> and I was just like, oh my God, oh my God. I was mortified. And he gave me the biggest hug. And he's like, you are so sweet. You're and like the queen of crazy. cool who like when faced with a party of five person just loses it. <laughs> I lost it. And then with Lacey Chabert, I was just like, you know, when I was young, I remember watching Party of Five and I would write letters to Fox. This is true story. I would write mm. letters to Fox to keep that show in the air because it was always on the brink of getting canceled. It was always on the bubble. Always on the bubble. And she mm-hmm. was like, oh, that's so sweet. Thank you for doing that. And I'm like, oh my God, and you look so fetched today. And then I was like, why am I saying these things? I'm such a nerd. But she <sighs> laughed and it was like worth it. So, yeah. So you went from the high of 90s con. Yeah. To having to come home and watch this dumpster fire. Oh my God. The only interesting part about this episode were the last eight minutes. And I, I know. caught some fraudacity in here, guys. Okay. I oh, TM some... Jake Anthony. TM Jake yes, Anthony. Jake Anthony. <laughs> fraudacity. I found some fakery okay. up in this bitch. Okay. We'll talk about it. <laughs> All right. So let's, this is season 14, episode 11, worst dinner party ever. And we're going to start. And this is, Guys, we are on episode 11 and we're only at the one month anniversary. Seriously? Seriously. Probably 11 more to go if we're I lucky. They, they need to do something because I know a lot of people just aren't watching anymore. <laughs> I don't blame them. Like just tune in for the uh, decision day and that's it. Or as my kids would say, decision day. Decision okay. day. <laughs> All right. So we're going to start with Mark and Lynn's. I'm just going to call her Lynn's. <laughs> She is 100% somebody who would have a nickname, right? Yeah. Mm-hmm. Except I'm not allowed to call her Jodie Foster anymore. Yeah. <laughs> Jody, Jodie Foster slapped me with the cease and desist. No, she didn't. I'm just kidding. <laughs> <laughs> no, the, you know, one of our 13 listeners was like, bitch, you need to quit. Yes. And you were like, okay, we don't want to lose this one listener. I'll do so. anything to keep that one listener. Well, that's <laughs> not even it. I just decided it was a huge in after the bowling alley. Yeah. I decided it was a huge insult to Jodie Foster. So it totally is. Yeah. Jodie Foster is like a queen. And Lindsay, I would meet her. I stand in line to meet Jodie Foster. Lindsay does not deserve that moniker. That's all I have to no. say. Okay. So we open with Mark in his car and he's telling us work told me, okay, quote, work told me to come back when filming's over. So is he fired? I guess. I guess. They want no part of this fuckery. That's No, they want no part of it. So I'm not sure what that means, but he tells Lindsay he'll be looking for job in the next few weeks. And Lindsay takes the time, or Lindsay says, take your time, find the right job instead of just taking anything. He's like, oh, guys, I can't even believe I'm recapping this conversation. It was so boring. (laughs) She's basically like, stay home and be a husband to me. And he's like, no, I need to go out and find a job. Done. End of scene. All right. So then Mark is meeting up with Chris later and they're getting a gift for Lindsay. Now I was happy to see Chris. I know. And Chris is funny. And he has like good advice and good insight. I think, I really think we missed out on having Chris on our show. I really like, maybe so we cast him in another season for like a second chance. I was thinking they need to do like a second chances with people who just got boned out of, you know, mm-hmm. like whatever page from Atlanta. Okay. So Mark is there. He's meeting up with Chris. They're getting a gift for Lindsay. Chris suggests he make, 
Chris suggests that Mark make an eco terrarium. Yeah. And Chris says, have you considered matching wolves? Because he sees like a bunch of stuffed wolves there. I thought it was pretty funny. Chris asks him how the marriage is going. And he's like, last time I saw you was that uh, night in the bowling alley. <laughs> if you catch my drift. <laughs> Small, <Tiny> balls. Balls. <laughs> Small balls. <laughs> Mark says, we went home. We didn't fight. And we went to bed. Confirming our theory, Leslie, that he did not hear what she said. Yeah. If they make it past decision day, they will not make it past the airing of that episode, which was two weeks ago. <laughs> yeah. They'll never make it past that. So. Mark says they went home. They didn't fight. They went to bed. She apologized the next day. And he was like, you know, I had never had her really apologize sincerely to me. And it really meant a lot to me. And then he says he's not in love with her. And she has told him that she's not in love with him. And he tells Chris, like, you know what she does to me? She's constantly texting me and saying, like, I'm done. Or when we're fighting, I'm done. And he's like, I have never once said to her that I'm done. Because if I said that to Lindsay and Chris is like, oh yeah, brother, she would go nuts. Like they both know she's crazy. Yeah. So Mark, later in the episode, Mark takes Lindsay camping for their anniversary. And I just wrote, nope, nope. Don't take me camping for our anniversary. Unless it's glamping. Glamping, I could do. I'm okay with that. Mm Mm-hmm. It's, it is a cute place and it is more like glamping. Like they have a wood, wood oven pizza maker like come on how bad can it be (laughs) yeah so Lindsay's like really impressed with this trip she really loves it it's like quiet it's naturey and she says she loves the location and Mark is not a camper this is his first time in the woods and she says she really you know she tells the camera like she really appreciates the attempt that he's making because he's stepping outside his comfort zone So later they're grilling some pizzas. Oh my God, what I would give for a wood-fired grilled pizza right now, right? It looks so, I mean, it was like gross when it was like all sticky, but once it was done, I was like, I'll eat that. (laughs) I mean, take a shot, everybody. My husband is a pizza maker. He owned pizza shops for a long time and he makes like a fantastic pizza for me. Are you you ready for this? I'm going to walk you through it. It's a deep dish in a cast iron pan, right? And it's got... A blend of cheeses on it with Kalamata olives, a little bit of spinach, and some feta cheese on the top. I am drooling right now. It's so good. Would you want to become, would you allow me to become your sister wife? I would absolutely. Thank you. Yes, absolutely. (laughs) Even with, we don't even have to have pizza. You could just move in. Yeah. Oh, but you want the pizza. That's why you're moving. I want the pizza. Okay. Yeah, I, I don't want- You're not just moving in for Bon Jovi. You're moving in for the pizza and I Bon mean, Jovi. I mean, I'll look at him, but I, you know, you can handle the sex stuff. I'll just eat the pizza, chill with the girls because I like to keep young. So, you know. We we do often say that we need to like kind of um, move another person in with us to take care of the children. So- Hey, I could hang out with those girls. I'll corrupt them, though, because they're going to be skipping school to go see, like, dance. You don't, you don't need to corrupt them. <laughs> Trust me. <laughs> I'll get them pierced. <laughs> <laughs> One thing I did notice about Mark, I want to talk to, to about this a little bit. He always sounds congested. Always. Hmm, true. Like, he always is congested. And in this episode in particular, he is wiping his mouth and kind of his nose on a hand towel and it's like setting me off. 
Maybe it's just the Boston accent. It's so thick that it like comes out of his nose and pores, you know? I don't know. He, I, maybe he's like me, like just a perennial allergy sufferer. I'm not mm-hmm. sure. I don't know. I mean, it's fine. I like Mark, but why are you always con- blow your nose, blow your nose, Mark. So he hands her the terrarium and he walks her through all the special stones that he bought with it. And she's thrilled. Like she just thinks it's wonderful, but not, she doesn't have the reaction that I thought she would have. Like she wasn't right. over the top about it. She was just like, oh, it's really nice. You know, but she almost, likes like, plants. Yeah. We get a flashback to her counting or naming her plants in her house, which was mm-hmm. fantastic. All right. The next, <laughs> I wrote the next day or later. I don't know. We can't tell. They get a wedding album. And they're looking through it. And then they set up a viewing of their wedding. And I, I just wrote, this is probably the first time Lindsay's seeing any of this because she was wasted. Yeah, she was. <laughs> they show, okay, now I have a real problem here. Dear editor, <laughs> we don't need, to, how meta are we going to get here? We don't need to watch footage of Mark and Lindsay watching footage of the show that we all saw. Like yeah. they watch a full five to six minutes of the wedding episode that we already saw. I mean, I get it. They didn't experience it as we did, but at the same time, we don't need to see a whole segment of them doing no. this. And if you're going to do that, then show us something different on the screen. That didn't that air. Didn't yeah. Right. Oh my God. Okay. So this footage evokes like a strong emotion from Mark and he starts crying and he says he loved seeing Lindsay so happy and he keeps repeating that he cannot fathom the pain that she has had in her life. I don't know Mm. what is going on there. There must have been a conversation off air about some trauma that she had in her past. Probably the issue with her mom, probably. Yes, that's what I'm thinking. Mm -hmm. Um. So he says she's such a sweet person and he's crying. And I all I keep thinking is small balls, doesn't know how to make me come, fucking loser, $60,000 a year. Like, really? Yeah. So she tells the camera it was nice to see Mark upset. Maybe he's feeling some regret. I don't know for what. <laughs> regret for marrying her or regret? I, I have no idea. For not making her come. <laughs> I have no idea. I don't think he's that progressive. She tells him she got really burnt out with him. And she literally, like, this is how she talks. I'm so burnt out with you. And I literally have no idea what's happening. Like, she just keeps saying the same things over and over again. We get it, Lindsay. We get it. So he says he realizes the situation is messy right now and he'll get it together. Boom, done. Eight minutes. Your turn. (laughs) It was, it was just whatever. There's (laughs) not much. There's not much. This episode was crazy in terms of nothing happens until the last eight minutes. And then it's like, whoa, 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 why are we stopping now? Exactly. Okay. So let's go to Jasmina and Michael. So when we first see them together, this is after they do all the cutesy stuff in the beginning. I'm kind of recapping on that bullshit. It's Mm -hmm. like, yeah, we we get it. You're together. You woke up. Yay. You woke up. You woke up. Woo. Okay, so Michael is walking into the apartment. He's welcoming his friend Travis and Mr. Feeney. That's Jasmina's dog. Mm -hmm. He was not a 90s con. Mr. Feeney was not there. Was was Boy Meets World there? No. The cast was there. I have a picture with them as well. Corey was there. 
he was not there, but Daniel Fischel, uh, Matthew Lawrence, um, Ryder Strong, all of them were there. Really? Ryder Strong was there? Yes. And I love how you hot. call them by their actor names and I just call them Topanga, Corey, Sean. Sean. Yeah, yeah. yeah and all of them. Okay. All right. Go ahead. <laughs> yeah. So um, Mr. Feeney greets them and Michael refers to him as his new son. And I was like, oh, that's so sweet. It was cute. So, of course, Travis asked, because it's like all the friends are given like a script beforehand. It's like, okay, when you walk into this scene, you're going to ask, oh, how's married life? Because that's usually what they always <laughs> ask them. Yep. So he says, how's married life? And Michael is pulling out the alcohol because he's like, before I answer this question, I need to get shit based. And he's just, yeah mixing like vodka with some like orange juice or something and he calls the marriage a roller coaster big steep fast roller coaster i was like yikes and he says they're still having arguments and still trying to figure out ways to communicate but he says that they had a huge breakthrough she was finally able to address why she hasn't been vulnerable and it's because she felt his effort level wasn't there so this is part of like what we saw last week with them with the yoga and then kind of talking her holding on to the blindfolds not fully trusting the experiment right right. (laughs) so he just readjusted his schedule to help out with Feeney and like walking him and things like that paying more attention to her her dislikes he's really putting an effort in he's really putting an effort and we see Mm -hmm. that in this episode and he says that he was pissed at her for not noticing those efforts. But then mm-hmm. he says that after that conversation, he needs to understand what she needs and not what he feels like she needs. So he's thinking like, well, I made a bandana for your dog. So you should be like kissing my balls right now. And she's like, oh, no, it's more than that. You know what I mean? I they need to like, communicate. I feel like of all the men, he's doing the most work. He is doing the most yeah. work. He's actually trying. Yeah, he is. And he's not just saying, oh, I'm trying. No, he's trying. I mean, let's face it. These two are not going to make it. We know that. Oh, he not is going to be it. like so ready for someone else to come along because he's doing Definitely. all this work on himself. And he tells Travis he's excited to see all sides of her because she's opening up a little bit more. And they play a cute montage of Jasmina smiling, like during the wedding and a little, the few instances where Jasmina actually smiled, they play that together. And he says that he's hopeful that they will get closer and things will work out for them. So he mentions that the one month anniversary is coming up and that it's going to be super, super, super romantic. So the next scene, we see rose petals being laid down. Michael is prepping breakfast and he goes into the bedroom and he wakes Jasmina. He gives her a hug and she says, happy one month. And did you catch the song that was playing? Like I put oh, the no. captions oh, and the no. lyrics were like, you keep being so mean to me. You're so mean to me, but I keep coming back for more. I was like, what? <laughs> Guys, we need a compilation the of the songs. We just do. We need a compilation <laughs> of them. They're so bad. So Michael tells producers this anniversary is super important because he wants to reignite that spark they had on their wedding day. You know, the one time that she liked him. Yeah. So they both the wanted... Seconds. They both wanted a partner, a family, and he thinks they need to keep that in mind for the next four weeks they have left, which mm-hmm. is fair. So they go into the kitchen slash living room area, and we see this amazing spread of breakfast. Like, it looks like a hotel breakfast. Fruits, pastries, bagels, lit candles. You know how I feel about breakfast. I mm-hmm. was very happy to see this. 
I was like, oh my God, I want those bagels so bad. Mm-hmm. Guys, <laughs> so if he you hear my her, dog bark, I'm sorry. I tried to And you probably could, but... hear my little howling Joey yeah. too, because yeah. I don't know what's going on with them. They're the birds. assholes. That's what's yeah. happening. Okay, go on. No, it's it's becoming spring. And so like my birds, because you you claimed, okay, sidebar. <laughs> Amy uh-uh. hates Co- producer Coco. Coco is a parrot. I and she Coco. claims mm-hmm. that Coco has been murdered. She has not. She's very much alive. And you will notice <laughs> in the next upcoming weeks, as spring has sprung, she will be more vocal. Um, so you'll in, see. In my defense, I'm not just a, a mean animal hater. I was viciously <laughs> attacked by a bird as a young yes. person. And I hate them ever since. Yeah, but Coco is a sweet bird. She's just a lot more. But anyways, I'm not back going to our story, just so you know. <laughs> <laughs> so Michael tells Jasmina, close your eyes, keep them closed. And, you know, he reveals the spread and she says it's super cute. And then they have this anniversary box from the experts. So it was like this little thing with um, their wedding album and their frames, like vows and all these things. So she tells producers that it was beautiful and that she's a sucker for presentation that she's a sucker for presentation. So she really appreciated this. So she likes the effort. She likes to be wooed, I guess, Mm -hmm. if we go back to that. Mm -hmm. So they go over the gift basket and they go over the wedding album. And then they talk about this one picture where she says, oh, that's you trying to touch my booty. And he's (laughs) like, yeah, yeah, yeah. And he laughs. So Jasmina then tells producers that their wedding was truly beautiful and she wishes the past month was more like that day, but now they're in a really good place and hopes they can continue on this path. So we get a flashback of them exchanging their vows the first time because the experts framed their initial vows, as I mentioned. So um, then Michael, I'm going to step in here. Yeah. The experts didn't do shit. It was some lowly paid PA. <laughs> I can imagine Dr. Pepper, like with a glue stick and her scrapbook framing it. No, she's not doing any of that. She's still held hostage. She can't do that. She can't get through those zip ties to to put that scrapbook together. So now Michael suggests they write new vows and recite them to each other later that night because the first time around they were strangers. And now that they've had time to know each other, you know, their vows could be more impactful. They'll be more realistic, I guess. So Jasmina agrees. So it's not like the journal incident where she's like, now doing that. Mm -hmm. Okay. So they toast to new beginnings and their new vows and they hope that they get their spark back. So we see them, they start writing them down and stuff. So later on, we see them dressed up. She's wearing a beautiful, like lavender silk dress. And he has like this mm-hmm. powder blue suit and he's holding her hand and leading her to another location. Uplifting music is playing. As uh, the never go say. to the second location. <laughs> <laughs> That's when you get murdered. <laughs> no, 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 no. But when she opens her eyes, they're at the outdoor location where they got married. And I was like, so oh sweet. my God, that so is so sweet. sweet. Mm-hmm. And there's this beautiful table setting and they sit down and reminisce on the wedding day and we see clips when they first saw each other at the altar and of course she was crying because she wanted to run prior mm-hmm. to that but then she put a brave face on and she went through with it mm-hmm. and Mike explains the plan is to recite their new vows now mm-hmm. at the same location and then have another first dance and have a meal together to see uh, if the spark is there can I say something yeah this is a secret dream of mine Really? Like Timmy and I, um, we got married at the Justice of the Peace. 
mm-hmm. when I was like six months pregnant. <laughs> <laughs> so we didn't do vows. We didn't do a wet, like we didn't do any of that. And I always wanted to like redo our vows where we could actually say vows to each other. You can totally do yeah, that mm-hmm. at some point. I'm going like, to spring it on him at some point. When is your next like milestone anniversary? So we got married in 2006. So mm-hmm. I guess it would be our 20th. Oh, you can totally do that. Yeah. So we have like four years. Yeah. Yeah. You can totally do that. Yeah. Oh, and I, your daughters are going to be sick. They're going to be like, gross. I know. Awesome. They, they hate us already. So it's going to torture be them. Love it. Worse. I'm here for it. And I will say too, that this move of resetting <laughs> the vows back at the wedding thing has already been done. I, I just, I just remembered this by Dave and Amber. I forget where they were, but did you watch that season where it was Dave so. and Amber was this blonde chick. And it turned out that she had like banged one of his buddies. And he was no, like, but I oh, remember you telling me about that. Yeah. <laughs> yes, yes. So they did the same thing, came back to the way. So this is a good move. I like it. It's romantic. I'm going to give it like five stars here, but it's not going to work. <laughs> yeah. So Jasmina goes first as she did. Um, mm-hmm. on their wedding day and she promises to give a hundred percent of herself and everything she does she vows to stop fighting with him and instead fight for them fight for the relationship and she promises to trust him in life and even in the kitchen when he cooks mm-hmm. mike laughs and says you sure you can keep that promise right there <laughs> so i thought it was funny so clearly yeah. she's like does not like his cooking at all. And she says again, she promises to make him feel heard, even though she cuts him off or whatever. (laughs) She she vows to accept him unconditionally and also not to cut him off. And she also promises to light up his life like he does with candles every night. And I was like, oh, he likes candles every night? Michael really likes that vow. So then it's Michael's turn. (laughs) I just want to say something real quick. Yeah. On after party with the incomparable, wonderful, independent, successful Rudy Huxtable. There is that enough? Yeah. Um, she, Jasmina was on and she said she got emotional again about Michael. And she said how much she loves spending time with him and that they laugh harder. Like she laughs harder with him than anyone in her life. It's really You know weird. what's funny? Someone mm-hmm. in a math group posted a screenshot commenting on Jasmina's post saying like, girl, you should have been kissing on him because that was super duper romantic. And she said that she did. It's just sad that they didn't air that. So are they giving us the bad edit? Are they going to be together? Maybe that's what it is. Maybe. I don't know. Anyways. So Michael then begins his vows by stating the obvious that three days ago, they met as strangers. Yeah. (laughs) Yeah. Their marriage has been a roller coaster, very fast and scary. All the things you want to hear about your union. (laughs) But to his credit, he says that the beauty of it is that they haven't gotten off the ride. They're still on the ride together. He also promises to talk to her, not at her. And then we get a scene with him talking to producers. And he says that these vows are more special because they're not strangers and then there's like a musician. I think it was a cellist. I couldn't really see because they were like kind of dancing in front of them. And it was like super quick. But they mm-hmm. slow danced again, kind of recreating that moment in their wedding. And then she tells producers it means a lot to her for him to create these moments because that's the only time they liked each other. Okay, I added that part. But yeah, basically. <laughs> wait a minute, wait a minute, wait a minute. Do you t- are you telling me this motherfucker hired like a string musician? Yes. Wow. 
or maybe you know maybe you know production did <laughs> <laughs> they're like hey you susan don't you know how to play cello come on we could use you in this scene <laughs> yeah and they start having their dinner and michael says he's excited to talk to her now and he likes where things are Jasmina agrees and laments that the first four weeks were a waste. <laughs> and I was like, don't say <laughs> nice. that like that. Nice. Because they kept butting heads. That was a waste. And Mike thinks those issues can prepare them for any hardship that meets them later on. And he commends her for continuing to make an effort because he felt that she could have walked away at any moment, but she didn't. So yeah, gives her that. And then Jasmina tells producers that she wants to say yes on decision day as long as things continue to progress between them and that she can see herself falling for him. And then they promise not to harp on the past four weeks and things are looking up. So then when we get back home, Mike asks Jasmina um, her thoughts on their dinner because everybody has to debrief and everything. <laughs> and she says it we was amazing. We have to amazing. debrief on the scene we just saw. We just saw this mm-hmm. scene. And she says it was amazing. And they're all smiles. They pull out cake from the freezer. So apparently mm-hmm. this is part of their wedding cake. And that wedding tradition where they feed each other the cake. And then they decide to go to bed. And Michael lights a candle. And as the designated fire marshal in me in grade school, <laughs> you should not have lit candles anywhere near a bed, especially when you're mm. about to go to sleep. Yes. Guys. Yes. Yes. I do love Full candles. Agreement. I have battery-operated candles mm-hmm. because I'm definitely afraid of fires, of dying in a fire. That's like one of my biggest fears, mm-hmm. other than Did drowning you, and being were, murdered. Were you raised on Little House on the Prairie in the blind school <laughs> fire? No, there was just, when I grew up, aside from being robbed a couple of times, guys, I <laughs> my childhood was traumatic. <laughs> there was a fire in my building and we had to like evacuate. And it was super, super scary. Oh. And my dad left our parrots behind during oh. the fire wow. and my mom and I wanted to murder him because what good are you you did not save our bird fortunately the fire was only on the other side of the building so she was totally fine and she lived like 10 more years after that anyways we, we um just real quick when I was a kid we had a silk we lived next door to a silk factory and it caught on <gasps> fire in the middle of the night that sounds and, like a fire. Yeah, yeah, it was really intense. And the fire trucks came, they evacuated our whole building because they thought it was going to catch. And like, even though my building wasn't on fire, like just witnessing that kind of fire so mm-hmm. close to your home at a young age, I think is really traumatic. Couple that it with is. the blind school fire, you know, you're fucked. Yeah, it's yeah. scary. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So they talk about the date and they both want the feelings to continue, you know, just to be on good spirits and continue communicating. They agree that the date was the highlight and that they want to keep on track. Their best day was their wedding day. And now the second best day was this recreation of their wedding day. <laughs> so they had two good days, you guys. So they just have days. to get married every month. Every month, just get remarried or every day if they want yep. to be happy every day. Yep. There you go. And that's where we leave them until we see them later on. And we'll discuss that later at the group <laughs> yeah. scene. Okay. <laughs> so let's do this. Let's just take a quick break and we'll be right back and cover Noi and Steve. 
Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings, from premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts. Start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. Everyone knows therapy is great for solving problems, but getting therapy has its own problems too, like finding the right therapist, fitting into their schedule, and of course, the cost. Well, BetterHelp can solve those problems. It's totally online and built around your schedule. It's surprisingly affordable too. Connect with a credentialed therapist by phone, video, or online chat, all from the comfort of your home. Visit BetterHelp.com to learn more and save 10% on your first month. That's BetterHelp, H-E-L-P. So Noy and Steve, Steve is playing basketball with this bro, Jeff, and he's hot. I was like, who is that? He is a cutie. And Steve's talk. And when Steve's on the camera, I don't see anybody but him. I think he's hotter than any of his bros. Fair enough. He expresses, (laughs) by the way, I just want to say there are all these wild rumors going around about what he does for a living. Like some people think he's loaded that he sold some apps and he's super rich. Some people oh my gosh. They said that he sold his ass. I was like, whoa. <laughs> no, but we're getting there. Some people think he invested in Bitcoin. Some people think he has an OnlyFans. Some people, th- like, it's all this stuff. Like, oh, maybe he's an escort. Like, him not just saying how much money he has or what he's doing with his money has created this entire fictional side personality for him that's probably way more interesting than the reality. So. If he has an OnlyFans, I think that we should subscribe to it just for research purposes. I, I agree. I agree. At least just for a month, mm-hmm. just for research. I agree. So Steve expresses concern that Noi is not supportive of his decision to freelance. And she's kind of demanding. And he does things like taking the dogs out, making the bre- taking the dog out, making the breakfast, bringing her breakfast, cleaning the apartment. Then we relive Noodlegate again. <laughs> so sick of Noodlegate. Jeff tells him, you need to look at, Jeff actually gives him good advice. Mm-hmm. He's like, you need to not look at the huge issues and start looking at smaller things that are fixable. And then as you move through those things, it will correct the bigger problem. And I was like, wow. Okay, dude. So Steve tells the camera, like, we have great energy. We have good chemistry. If we could just iron some things out, we'll be good. Guys. Uh, like again this is the we wasted 10 minutes on this like why yeah okay noi meets up with sammy her friend and they're having drinks and they're chatting about the marriage now we have to go through it again so noi says steve is great but he has to figure his stuff out and be more ambitious she doesn't want to be the sole breadwinner now she loves him but love isn't everything i think like when she starts talking nice about it like a producer off screen hits her with the cow prod and is like, you need to shit talk this dude. Like insert something negative. A hundred percent. So she doesn't want to be the sole breadwinner, blah, blah, blah. Um, Sammy says to Noi, just make sure again, a wise friend, just make sure you don't fall for the idea of who he is. Make sure that you're falling for who he is. It's like, okay, where were you, Sammy? Like my last five relationships. 
<laughs> so Steve takes Noi on a picnic later. I couldn't tell what they were doing. Were they they were on the waterfront? But was it a picnic? I have no I idea. Know. Anyway, he gets her and Sushi matching outfits. <laughs> yeah, leopard print. And he did say that he has ordered one for himself so that they could do a family photo. That's adorable. That picture sounds hideous just because of the patterns. It would of be course. like overload. Of course. But I feel, Leslie, like this might be the way to your heart. Like if I bought you a couple matching outfits with Joey. Oh, yeah. <laughs> okay. So Steve is showing. Oh, no, wait, hold up. Wait, let me back up a second. She tells the camera it was great, but they need to talk about things. And Noi buys him a Polaroid camera that he was wanting and he's really excited. Now, I wrote, Noi and Steve go out on a dinner boat in a dark ocean with a shitload of sushi on it. (laughs) (laughs) And I realized like because of my dangling modifier there, it sounds like the sushi was in the ocean, (laughs) but it was on the boat. It was on the boat. In the middle. And Steve's like trying to show her around the harbor. Like this is where they dump the tea. And this is like Miss Littleton's school for wayward boys. And this is the church where my grandfather went. Like he's just full of all these. This is where Ben Affleck took a piss in the stream. Oh my God. Let me tell you something. I am here for this. <laughs> Take me out on a boat. Give me a lot of sushi. And just wheel me around and show me where historical sites are. I'm all for this. Yeah, that wouldn't work for me because I hate water. That would work for me. I could be out on dark ocean. I couldn't be there by myself. I would have to have somebody with me who could like some kind of animal will snatch me and drown me. That's my fear. (laughs) So they start talking about their wedding, and then they're basically talking about how like them meeting each other was best case scenario, and Noi, you know, again we come in with the cattle prop. Like, don't forget what you have to do here. Noi's like, let's talk about your inability to earn money and your refusal to work. (laughs) She didn't really (laughs) say it that way, but you know what I mean. So she's like, we need to address these things. And if we don't, like we're setting ourselves up to fail. And Steve's like, you don't see that I've been trying. Like I've been trying to do all of the things and have these discussions. And then that's kind of it. Like they don't really resolve anything. And then we don't see them again until the dinner the party. The dinner. Somehow. Right? Because yeah. like my notes just end here. So I'm assuming that's all we have with them. Yeah, it's pretty brief. Okay. Okay. They it's love pretty... to be outdoors and take Polaroids. Apparently that's their relationship. Well, Steve was, this was actually a very thoughtful gift. Steve wanted to buy a Polaroid camera and mm-hmm. he was going back and forth agonizing over which one to get. There were two different kinds. So mm-hmm. he got the one kind and she went and bought him the other kind. Yeah, that was really thoughtful. It is an instinct camera. I'm not sure if it's an actual Polaroid. I think everyone uses Polaroid for all instinct yes, cameras, like a Kleenex for a tissue. Yep, because they have multiple instinct cameras: yes. Polaroid and Fujifilm ones, and the whole kinds. Yes, but like the amount of cameras that I own, I own over eighty cameras. You do? Yes, because I was a photographer, a concert oh. photographer, and okay. I took photography okay. in college. So yeah, it's what insane. Don't you do? I am a jack of all trades, master of none. I'm not good at anything. I just do everything. <laughs> okay. All right. I like it. I like it. You the are, I, I, I disagree. You are the master of the trade of summarizing married at first sight. Oh, well, I'll take that. <laughs> now right, on now, to the now. main event. <laughs> Can I just say something? Yeah. I have 
again, flip-flopped on my feelings of Olajuwon. So let's go. Okay, we'll see where you are. Okay. <laughs> Katina and O. Guys, it's their one-month anniversary. Mm-hmm. And in true mass fashion, shit's about to hit the fan because we can't <laughs> have nice things. <laughs> so the producers are really harping on these heteronormative gender roles because when we mm-hmm. see Katina and oh she's scraping eggs off a frying pan like that, that does not look appetizing at all she's yep. making breakfast yep. and oh walks in and rewards her with a kiss because she's you know making breakfast so yes. good congratulations on her. let me punch your woman card Ching, ching. here's a point mm-hmm. kiss yeah mm-hmm. So when we see Katina later on, she's on a video call with a friend, Imani, and she's all smiles. This friendship dates back to when they were 10 years old. So mm-hmm. Katina feels like she knows her the best. And the last time they saw each other was during the wedding. So naturally, they have tons to catch up on. And she talks about their struggles and not being vulnerable with Elajuan at first and the frustration that he felt. So mm-hmm. her friend tells her, you married a stranger. Yes, you got to be cautious, but why not go all the way? So basically, get out of your own way, she's telling yeah. her. Like, you committed to this, go through with it. Give mm-hmm. it your best. Sure. And she calls him a safe place, and she can be vulnerable with him now. And her friend advises her to move with her heart. So mm-hmm. I'm like, okay, that's nice. Okay. But now we get to the good part. Because girlfriend wants to know if they banging, as we all do. (laughs) And Katina says he's good on the PDA and kissing her neck, but they still have not consummated their marriage. I don't believe it. I don't believe it. it. There's so much chemistry. I'm calling fraudacity. There's so much chemistry, but then again, it could be true because they're so horned up for each other because they haven't banged. And that's Mm. why they're so like, on each other i don't don't know i mean what's that commercial if your boner lasts over 48 hours i mean i feel like you're walking (laughs) around the 96 hour boner for her (laughs) releasing this it's so funny because then katina tells her like a minute the minute it happens i'll text you girl so she's gonna tell her friend like i wonder if they're lying because couples have done that in the past yeah like they don't want to talk about it on camera so they like yeah So on day of their marriage, the experts, you know, their anniversary, whatever, send them the gift baskets, the cake, champagne, wedding photos, all kinds of celebratory crap and the couples should enjoy. So Katina has some surprise plan. And then we see her and O walking hand in hand outdoors. So this is a little later. This is after the video call with her friend. And they're going on these boats that you see in Italy. And I wrote it down here, but I I can't remember it right now. But um the tells, yes thank you but and he Katina, was calling it a gondola i'll get there okay. <laughs> okay so katina tells producers she doesn't care about the gender roles in terms of the guys having to plan the romantic dates mm-hmm. and that she's handling the first one that he can worry about their one-year anniversary planning so mm-hmm. oh it's excited because this is first time on a gondola so he says it He's not sure if he's pronouncing it correctly, yeah, but he was we all know. It, he was saying it like ganja. Like ganja, gondola. And the, the, the gondolier <laughs> says to him, Olajuwon, ganja is a different thing. So, ganja yeah. is something different, Olajuwon. <laughs> we all know. It turns you up. Yes. But, you know, I don't fault him because like me, he says salmon, not salmon. So I'm not going <laughs> right, to harp we on this. We discussed the salmon, yes. 
So he keeps telling producers it's exciting how she's able to bring her turned up world to his relaxed world. So basically it's like, she likes to go out. He's more of a homebody. She's finding common ground. So he likes that. I'm raising my hand. Yes. (laughs) What does he, what is he fucking talking about? He was just telling us how he was banging a mother and a daughter a month ago on this boat. And going to clubs and we (laughs) saw him like, you know, motorboat stripper's ass. And Isaac was like out in full force. And now he's like, I'm a quiet homebody. And Katina's the one who's all turned up. What? No, No. I I don't know Mm -hmm. what he's talking Mm -hmm. about. No, me either. I guess he became a homebody the moment he decided to marry at first sight basically maybe maybe. so she chose this because he's always talking about wanting to travel and she's been to italy and has experienced the real thing so this is her way of combining their two worlds and i thought that was sweet and they're making out throughout this whole excursion Mm -hmm. and now oh says he needs to step up his game because she really knocked this one out of the park for him Mm -hmm. so oh says that in the last week or so, she's really been showing who Katina is. Translation, she's meeting his absurd standards now. <laughs> so if you had to ask him what level they were on, a scale from one to 10, because we all have to scale things and measure mm-hmm. things. It's we all mass. Things. Yep. Yes. Um, he says they're about at a 8.9 or a nine, you know, mm-hmm. we're really high right now. And I got a screen grab of him saying, we're really high right now. His eyes are closed. So it looks like he's actually high. Um, send that to our Instagram, please. Yeah. Listen, listen to me like an old lady. Send that to our Instagram. Yeah. Send it to our Instagram. Yeah. They're high on the ganja. That to our Instagram. They're high on the ganja ride, guys. <laughs> So when they get back home, Ol asks Katina how she's feeling. And she says she feels happy. And he says he feels great because he has to one-up her all the time, you know? Because she can't just feel good. He has to feel great if she feels good. So Katina says she thinks they will be okay in the long run because Mm -hmm. he adds to her joy. Cut to O in a confessional saying, we have been through some thick and thin, but today was successful and it was really nice. And he does say something sweet. He says, the man sitting beside her on the couch, referring to himself, of course. Of course, in third person. Is a great man because of her. And she calls him out on, on his BS. Isn't that a little weird? Yeah. Isn't that a little weird? Like, wouldn't you say, isn't the, the proper way to say that, like, you've made me a better man? Yeah. Not, I'm a great man because of you. <laughs> yeah, because of you. I'm a great man. Oh, yeah. Weird. You're weird. part of that, I guess. Yeah. Yep. So he admits to shifting blame to her very quickly, but promises not to do that anymore and asks himself what he can do better. So he says he's going to take a beat, ask himself, what can I do better? And blah, blah, blah. And he mm-hmm. compliments her on what an amazing woman she is. But of course, brings up cooking and she says, and says that she's not the best at it. But he's feeling her now. So it's at another level. Yeah, so it's, it goes from like to feeling you because he wants to feel that ass. That's mm-hmm, what it is. Mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah, he's still running around with that boner. He doesn't know what to do with this. Yeah, so they end up getting ready for bed, and Katina is out of pajamas. So O gives her like a jersey and basketball shorts to sleep in, and they fit super big on her. Wait, and it's why hilarious. is she out of pajamas? 
I don't know. I guess she said that they were dirty or something. She's like, I'm fresh out of pajamas. So he gives her like, okay, see, I have a problem with that. (laughs) I have a problem with that. Why is she out of pajamas? Like do laundry. Mm, What's going on? Maybe she is not a great like house person. And I don't mean like she should be taking care of his shit. I just mean taking care of her own. Yeah. Maybe she waits for like, I was going to say a big load and then oh, she oh. does the laundry. <laughs> well, that big load is not from Mark small balls. We know <laughs> we know that, <laughs> but yeah, but the clothes fit are super big as they would. Cause they're men's size. And yeah. he thinks it's hilarious that she looks like a b-ball player and they're really cuddly and kissy and hugging each other. And I'm just like, if they're not banging yet, they're definitely dry humping at night. Yeah, he's either going to explode or he's taking a lot of showers. <laughs> Probably. I don't know what's happening. Their water or, is like sky high. Or he's found a new relationship with a sock. I don't yeah, know what don't to tell know. you. I don't know. I don't know. So are we ready for the showdown? The main event. We're ready. Let's go. Let's go. The couples unite, guys. The couples come together and get on a party bus and they are cheering and toasting because they survived one month of marriage. (laughs) Then they arrive to the group dinner, the group dinner that will be known as the group dinner from hell. Mm -hmm. And Mark kicks things off with asking, how's everyone feeling about their partner? And if anyone's falling in love (laughs) and your girl, Lindsay, immediately wants to know where Mark's feelings are at. Why is she my girl? Why is she my girl? Because you cover that couple. Okay. All right. <laughs> like, do not, do not give her to me. I don't want her. And she says that on their third day, they were on a bus together and she just wrote, I just love you. And he was like, already? And mm-hmm. then he start, and then she starts petting his face and that makes him uncomfortable. He says, stop, stop, stop. I'm not a two-year-old. I'm a man. <laughs> it was just like... <laughs> Leslie sent me a screenshot of that. It was just so awkward. Yeah, yeah. A man with really tiny little balls. Tiny little balls. Tiny little balls. Little marbles. Tiny little tiny. So Noi says that she has had puppy love and she got it really quickly. But in hindsight, she says she's in love with Steve, loves him. And she also likes him. So he's like, oh, so it's like, you're in love with me. You love me. And you also like me. What kind of, it was like a weird pecking Mm -hmm, order. mm -hmm. And then Lindsay says, love is a big word. Does it come with any action? And Noy admits. What was that about? They consummated their marriage. So she just wanted to know, have you guys banged? And she's like, yeah, we've banged. Did you used to watch the David Letterman show when you were little? Yeah, I did. Do you remember they always had, what's his name, holding the cue cards? on the side they would always show the cue card guy and he would always have you know the cue cards for Dave Mm -hmm. or whatever I feel like that that guy's standing off the set here like ask (laughs) if they banged like he just puts the cue cards up probably somebody's there with the production prod (laughs) yeah I wouldn't be surprised Mm -hmm. or if like right before they start filming they pull them aside it's like okay for this dinner we're going to talk about this have fun yep yeah. I set it up. Listen, we're both writers. We should write a spoof comedy about this. Like what really Definitely. happens on these shows. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Let's get right I on think... that. We have enough time. We have all this free time. Let's we get right on that. So much time. He's talking celebrities and going to school. Oh yeah. I have all the time. So Jasmina says she didn't expect marriage to be easy as no one does, but also that it would be this hard <laughs> on day two. And she says there were instances where they weren't on the same page. And so they had to 
to have really honest conversations and that they made a promise to give it 100% and treat each day like it's decision day. So basically moving forward, they're going to take this really seriously and just put their best foot forward. Yep. And Mark Tashak times in and says, the process isn't easy and that he knows they've had some tough weeks. Hello, Hello. Hurricane Lindsay, basically. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. And for them, it's about what life will look like outside of the show and after decision day, basically. That's what he's trying to say. But they need to get on the same page about some things for life post-decision day. So I guess they still haven't decided what they're doing afterwards. Yeah. Lindsay then says she's been all in since day one, but Mark has been giving her whiplash and is in, is in one day out the next. And it's like two or three weeks says that she needs to see consistency because it's always shifting back and forth. And then she starts petting him again. And Mark is grimacing. Yeah. And Jasmina says, I don't think he likes it when you touch his head like that. And then Lindsay's like, I love it. I love it. Yeah, and I hate when she infantilizes him. Like, she'll be like, oh, my little baby Mark tried taco steak. No, stop. Yeah. Stop. Mm -hmm. He's literally, like, his dick is going to shrivel up inside himself. Like, don't even. Mm -mm. So then Mike and Jasmine, I told producers that they've had issues communicating, but at least they're acknowledging it, whereas it seems like the other couples are not. Right. So back at the table, Mike tells the couples that when they last saw them, things weren't clicking, but now they're at a better place, excited Mm -hmm. for their future and on the same page. Mm -hmm. They still need to have deeper conversations about what happens after decision day. So this was Mike saying that. So hopefully I said Mike and not Mark because the two M's got me confused. You said Mike. Good, Mm -hmm. good. So Jasmina then reveals she's still not there feelings-wise and she can't picture herself saying yes on decision day if the romance isn't there. But Mm -hmm. she thinks if they keep giving 100%, that will come. So she Mm -hmm. will get to develop those feelings. Yep. We get Steve's um, input and Steve says that when- Hey, hey, hey. All right, all right, all right. (laughs) When he and Noi have issues- that they handle things differently. She wants to suppress her emotions so that she won't lash out and she just wants to walk out and he wants them to find a middle ground because he just wants to talk it out right away, put it in bed. Mm-hmm. And Noi can see a future and says, planning kids. I and mean, they're like, you're planning kids already? Like they, mm-hmm. they talked about kids and the three kids and not two, not one, but three. Yeah. And Katina says she needs consistency too. Not to piggyback on what everybody else is saying, but she was going to say that first, but they just beat her to it. I mean, there's only like seven key words they all use. So. Exactly. <laughs> Their foundation is solid and feels, oh, has turned over a new leaf with her. Then all goes, um, me and Katina have great chemistry, great chemistry. But I question this chemistry. Is it marriage chemistry or friendship chemistry? I was like, wait, what? And, and it's like record scratch. And she's like, like, where what? is this coming from? Friendship chemistry. Okay. And I was like, so are you saying that you and Katina are okay to fuck at some point, but she's not wifey material just right, yet? Like, yeah. What are you yeah. saying? Mm-mm. And that's when I started screaming at my TV. So then he says he's going off when he's, um, he says he's going off of what he sees and that he noticed something today that bothers him and makes him question if their marriage is real. And Katina looks blindsided. Everyone's mouth is gaped open. They're like, mm-hmm, what is going mm-hmm, on? Mm-hmm. What just happened? Mm-hmm. And then I wrote this with eight minutes left in this fucking episode. We get this bombshell. <laughs> <laughs> so on the bus ride over to the dinner, we see footage of him borrowing 
Katina's phone. I'm using quotation marks. Yeah, so um, this enrages me. And he skimmed through it and he got oh, really upset. Real quick, real quick. But didn't want to bring it up because he wanted to put his feelings aside because he didn't want to speak his mind on it. And then he turns to her and says, if you want me to bring it up to the table, I will right now. Mm-hmm. Then we guess tense music. Mm-hmm. She says, no, I don't know what you're talking about. So then a producer asks him how he feels about decision day now. And he says, it's up in the air. Ugh. Katina tells the table, I don't know what he's talking about, but they will have a conversation later in private as they should. Yeah. So they start arguing in front of the couples because she's upset that he's bringing something private up and has no clue what he's referring to and mm-hmm. insinuating something that could be in, you know, interpreted as malicious and like mm-hmm. that she's being dishonest and she's like well you're doing this in front of everyone without discussing it with me first and the yeah. dinner just gets messy it gets loud and crazy it and then crazy. Lindsay pipes up and says i hear you oh because we are so much alike and you are ride or die for this bitch Lin- Lindsay, nope Nope. Lindsay, shut up. Nope. Why are you calling mm-hmm. her a bitch? Now, this no. is when Noi pulls out her own set of cue cards and yeah. is like, Leslie or Lindsay, nope, nope, nope. Stop talking. And O is just getting more and more angry and saying that this was like a spit in his face. So now we all want to know what the fuck happened because it's just getting Because he crazy. doesn't have the emotional maturity to not bring this up. He's got to bring, like you, you brought it up, dude. Yeah, without telling her, you blindsided her. Yeah. And he says, it's something he doesn't want to address on camera because it could get ugly. Well, now you have to, because you brought it up. And now I'm like, I want to know more. Yes, Mm -hmm. more, Mm -hmm. more, more. And then Jasmina does stand up for her. And she says, the way you just brought it up in front of us makes her look bad and puts her in an awkward space in front mm-hmm. of us because mm-hmm. they don't know what he's talking about and mm-hmm. they're probably imagining the worst case scenario like did she cheat what is going on right and all the couples chime in to producers no one knows what's going on they're all like what the fuck so the dinner ends okay they get home and oh asks katina to see her phone she's like why anyway she reaches over shows it to him okay this is where i call fraud in the clip, when they're on the bus, we see Olajuwon scrolling through a white phone. When he asks Katina to see her phone, her phone is black. Oh. Okay. Look at your eagle eye. So they probably hmm. didn't have footage of him actually probably, looking at her phone. You probably won those scholastic spot the five differences in these two I used to do those every time. All the time. I used to do those all the time. <laughs> So I'm guessing that okay. they probably didn't have footage of him looking at her actual phone. Yeah, yeah So yeah. that's why they showed that yeah. footage of him on his phone. And that's why he didn't seem upset when he was scrolling on the bus. Because no. he was looking at his own phone. Okay. All right. Okay. Gotcha. And she just says, this is old. And he says, it doesn't matter. Why do you have that? And it's like, okay. So apparently there's a dating app on her phone. Mm-hmm. And she claims that it had been downloaded for years, but that it's not active. She doesn't it's, have an active it's profile. Tinder, right? It's Tinder. I'm sure it's Tinder. And yeah. here's the thing. With iPhones, I have iPhones. Unless you have to like go through your cloud and actually delete the app from there mm-hmm, because even mm-hmm. if you delete it from your phone it could still show up and show it like oh it's in your cloud you could re-download right, it to right, your phone so right. it could have been something like that and he asked her how would you feel 
if I still had a dating app on my phone and she says she would ask him about it. And in her case, it's an old app that she's not using it. He says her having it, it's like her spitting in his face. He says that again. I need to punch him in the face here. Okay. I have a question (laughs) for you because I've never used Tinder. Mm -hmm. If like, in other words, could she prove to him that it was inactive her account by clicking the app and opening it? Is she open? Okay. So let's say it was downloaded, but it was inactive. Mm-hmm. You can open it and then it's going to prompt you to reactivate. Okay. So that's all he had to do. Exactly. Say, say, click on it and show me that it's not active. And if it's just on the cloud and not downloaded on her phone, it would show the little cloud symbol and the little arrow showing right. downloaded back on your phone. Right. So, okay. And he just, we get that infamous clip of him saying, you are married. And he is just yelling. I am your husband. Yep. You are my wife. Mm -hmm. She's like, it's just an app. I'm not an active profile. And he says, you are a stranger. I have to put a hundred percent faith into a woman that I don't know. So things get so heated. He asked cameras to leave because Katina's rolling her eyes. He's like, don't roll your eyes. And she's like, okay, I'm going to go because you're about to see the real Katina right now. And she starts removing her microphone. I want to see the real Katina. I want to see the real Katina. Go fucking back at him because he deserves Mm -hmm. it. So she is removing her mic and she's like, filming is done. Bye. Bye. Yeah, he's yelling like, no more niceties. No more niceties. And they're going into the bedroom and I'm just like, holy shit. And that's Mm -hmm. where it ends. So I have a couple things. Yeah. Okay. If you were with someone. Mm Mm-hmm. And you were engaged Mm -hmm. and you caught that they had an app on their phone and you asked them about it and they said that it was old. How, like, what would you, what would your reaction be? It depends on the person. If I, if I trust this person enough to be engaged to them, I would believe that they probably were just stupid and forgot to delete it. But I would, I would be like, can you open it and and just show me that it's not active just for my sanity. And if I see that it is active, then that's a conversation. You know what I would do? I would find one of my friends who's on Tinder. And be like, to match with this fucker. Yeah, tell them to try to match with them. (laughs) Which I think was what happened with Brett last season, right? Yes, that's what happened with Potato and Brett. Yes. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Okay. Um, I I don't know. Again, with Olajuwon, Okay. I'm going to continue to defend him at a high level, meaning I think there is potential for him to be a good man. However, however, he cannot talk to her like that. I was not okay with that. He needs a lot of therapy around the way that he communicates to women because he's Mm -hmm. got a woman problem. He does. Mm -hmm. Yep. He does not speak respectfully to her. He does not, you know, we saw with his exploits, he does not treat women with respect. No, he does not. They're playing things to him. I think he could. I think he could. And I think that there's a lot of potential there for him. Like, I I don't want to write him off. Like a lot of these guys, like they're not changing. Do you know what I mean? They're a bro. They're a bro. Chris from Atlanta, for example. Um, (laughs) But I think he, we've seen moments where like he's with the experts and they say something to him and he's like, oh yes, right. And then we see- And then he puts it into practice. Yes, yes. Like I think this is a man who's come from a traumatized childhood uh, and has never gotten therapy. And we see glimpses of what he could be if he was in therapy. He could be a great man if he was in therapy. Because he made this choice to be married. So he wants to 
leave Isaac behind. So now work on how do you really keep him behind and talk to women properly? But I have to tell you something. Um, I was thinking a lot about him because on the, well, I was just thinking a lot about him but on <laughs> the, on, and I was in the bath. No, I'm just kidding. <laughs> um, on the after show, um, who was it? Who was saying, oh, it was Jasmine and Katina. And they were talking about that incident at the dinner. And Katina's like, we did not know why he was mad. Like we could not figure it out. So they went, so, cause Katina would not ride home with him. She rode home oh. with Jasmina. And they were trying to figure out the whole way home what it could have been. So they thought it was, they did not have alcohol in the limousine. And of course, Lindsay's like, I got a bottle up in my place. And she runs up and gets like a bottle of alcohol and brings it down. And they thought that's why he was mad. And Rudy Huxtable's like, well, why would that make him mad? And Jasmina said, he doesn't like when we drink around him. Like he doesn't like when we get crazy. So my thing with him is, and, and I only know this because of my, or I only feel this way because of my experience with food addiction in the past is I think he kind of has an addictive personality and he either is in control or out of control. Yeah. There's no middle ground with him. Right. Mm -hmm. And when he is in control of himself, he needs to control everything around him. Yeah. And that's why he probably deleted all those apps because he cannot have any temptation that makes sense. He can't mm-hmm. go to the clubs because he can't have any temptation. Yeah. And, you know what I mean? Like he's very, he's just very binary. And that's the sign of like, he may have some addictive personality issues. Like maybe it's Definitely. a sex addiction. I don't know. I don't know. Obviously I don't want to diagnose him, but yeah. But that binary behavior is often found in food addiction. Yeah. Yeah. That's bad because I've had food addiction and alcohol addiction and other mm-hmm. addictions. Mm-hmm. Dick. So no. there you go. Um, <laughs> dick addiction. Dick addiction. <laughs> no. Um, yeah. Because sometimes for me, it's like, it's either all or nothing. Yes. I'm also, you know, full disclosure, I do suffer from mental health. I am bipolar. So right. when I am in a manic state, it's all or nothing. There's no in yes. between and different medications and therapy and all these years that I've worked on myself is to try to find a middle happy ground and mood stabilizers obviously come into play with this because it could be all or nothing because when I go off the rails tinder leslie is a mess like she's gonna get blackout drunk Mm -hmm. wake up in some dude's bed and be like where the fuck am i what the fuck happened to me like it's scary and we don't want that anymore so i think that elazo has similar traits like that where it's like he's like if i have a dating app on my phone i'm gonna get ass so i need to not (laughs) yeah i I really see that in him i think he's real and And this stems from like, again, he could work through these issues in therapy, Mm -hmm. you know what I mean? And learn how to kind of live a more moderate life. And I I think part of his control and his being quote in control, like, so if the switch is flipped this way, right. Mm -hmm. And he's in control and he's being quote good that him being married and having a wife and him being a husband is part of that. Yeah. And, and now it makes sense. Throw him off. It makes sense that he's kind of harping on like, how would you feel if I did that? It's kind of saying mm-hmm. like, do you know what kind of player I am? Do you know how lucky you mm-hmm. are that I'm not yep. like fucking around on you? Yep. And, and if I could do it. And mm-hmm. you know, I love Katina. I don't go after her often, but I do feel if she saw a Tinder app on his phone that she would not just be like, oh, what's that? Like, I think it would be an issue. 
Yeah, it would her. be an issue. You know, it probably wouldn't go this far or go to this level. And she probably would not have humiliated him in front of the other couples. But I think she would have had something to say about it. Yeah. My opinion. Okay, so I'm going to go back on what I said earlier. If I did see like a Tinder app, I'd lose my fucking shit. <laughs> I'd go super Dominican on his ass. Yeah, I, I saw was you thinking tired. about that. <laughs> I will call up his mama and be like, your son is a piece of shit. Now, wait a minute. Now, wait a minute. Now, wait a minute. <laughs> This is okay. So this is if you saw the Tinder app and it was active. Yes. Yes. If you saw the Tinder app and you asked him to open it, him or her to open it, mm-hmm. and it was not active, you'd be okay. Yeah, it'd be like, just don't be stupid. Like, right. come on. But if it was active, oh my god, I'm burning shit down. <laughs> oh, I am burning this house down. Like Washington Heights would be set on fire. Brooklyn would get on would be set on fire as well. Like every borough would just be in flames. And they're like, what happened? Crazy Dominican girl just found her man on Tinder. And yeah. There you go. There you so go. me being level-headed and all that. No, mm-hmm. that's no, 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 no. I got no you. medication could suppress that crazy. <laughs> Leslie, do we have a next time on? Yes, we do. So next time on, we see Noi and Steve walking sushi. Then Mike holding on to dear life in the passenger seat as Jasmina practices driving in an empty parking lot. He has, he's using the holy shit handle. And she's like, why are you using that? And I'm like, I use the holy shit handle all the time. And there are like cones everywhere. And it's like a bumpy (laughs) ride. And I'm just like, ooh, it looks like bumper cars. (laughs) Like the way it's portrayed. Yes. Lindsay and Mark are sniffing corn at what appears to be a farmer's market. God. Then back with Steve and Noy, she tells him to kiss her ass because he wants to split household chores and she wants him to do all of them. So I assume it's because he's not working. Yeah, so she said, you can kiss my ass. They need to iron that out. This is... Mm-mm. It's never ending. Then we see a tearful Katina saying she's a real person with real feelings. Cut to Jasmina saying that it's been a month and she doesn't have feelings for Michael. Mm. Then we see Michael with one of his sisters saying that him saying yes on decision day is not going to happen. So it's like, okay, are we being faked out? What's going on? And then lastly, Lindsay and Mark are arguing again. She's touching him and he's telling her not to grip on him like that. So she (laughs) says she's done. And we see her walk out of the apartment in Mm -hmm. a trench coat. (laughs) God, Do Do you hear yourself? Like we literally just said next episode, so-and-so visit a farmer's market. So-and-so yeah. walk their dog. Yeah. Oh my God. Okay. This is where we're at with the world. Um, instead of doing winners and losers, I think I want to do something else. I'm going to okay. ask you, which couple mm-hmm. do you feel as of right now out of the four of them has the best chance of making it? Not, not like they, they're the best, they're going to make it, but of these four, they're the best chance to make it. Steve Noy. Yeah, I agree. If she could get past the whole unemployment thing and he goes like, dude, like, I don't want to say this on TV. I'm a fucking millionaire. She's going to be okay. Dude, I don't want to say this, but did you ever hear of, let me say it in Pig Latin, Itcoin Bay? I got a shitload <laughs> of it. Yeah. Um. Okay, second most likely to make it. See, I think that, uh, you know, Katina and O just because they want to bang so badly, but I don't see it going long-term. They might say yes on decision day if they get past this hiccup, but that's yeah. it because Lindsay and Mark are too toxic. Jasmina does not, her pussy does not get wet for Michael. She said this. 
that's not See, I'm gonna go I'm gonna switch the couples with you and I'm gonna say Lindsay and Mark just because they're fucking crazy enough <laughs> to think this is love maybe the drama yeah. and remember yeah. he did say that they he won't last a, back yes they won't last a week after this yeah like they'll say yes and they'll be done in a week hmm. um so then I'm gonna go Katina and oh so are you gonna go Jasmine and Michael or or Mark and Lindsay next Mark and Lindsay, yeah. I feel like Katine, like um, Jasmine and Michael, no way. They're the bottom, right? They're just not going to yeah. make it. He's no. just, he, I love him so much. Could you imagine in a world where he's matched with Katina? Mm, they would actually get along. He would be so good for her. He would and like. he would cook for her. Yes, yes. I'm telling you. I don't know. I think. Think they did us dirty there a little bit. You know what? Someone posted on one of the masked like uh, Instagram pages, like, "What about Jasmina and Gil?" And I was like, "Whoa, wow, yeah." Because Jasmina, Jasmina has a little bit of the um, princess aspect that Mirla mm-hmm. had, but not too much. Like she's yeah, much and, more and grounded. feisty and a yeah. little feisty. Yeah, but she's she's more grounded, and there's there's a sweeter center to her, and she's a dog person too. Yeah, mm, that'd be wow. They would make beautiful children. Oh, that well, that's hot. <laughs> Woo! On that note, all right, guys. Um, Leslie, why don't you tell us where we can find you when you're not living in 1992? Where are you? Well, 1992. I was such a child. No, my life really began to pop off in 1999. Oh, you know, okay, that's okay. when the Backstreet Boys entered my life, and okay. I started to, you know, really be boy crazy and <laughs> figuring out why do I feel so weird when I see Scott Wolf <laughs> on my wall? Like, what is this tingling sensation? Um, so you can find me at Sinister Girls. It's a podcast. It's a music interview podcast. We have artists come on and they talk about the music. Sometimes they play music. I have like a whole bunch of things planned and uh, everything has been just delayed because life gets life. in the way <laughs> but we are here every here. freaking weekend talking mm-hmm. this shit show yep we are um i'm at gen x this is why i just interviewed pamela bob pamela bob is a filmmaker who did a series of six shorts um called living on a prairie and it's like um it's a show about a woman whose social norms and expectations were shaped by her obsession with Little House on the Prairie. So your life story. And Just she kidding. goes on a date with a guy, like a Tinder meetup, who mm-hmm. loves the Waltons. And she just wigs out on him about Little House <laughs> being better than the Waltons. Our interview went over an hour. It was hilarious. She indulged me in my hotness for Paw Ingalls. Um, we laughed. She likes Mary. I like Laura. I came at her a little bit about that. She is <laughs> amazing, funny, smart, wonderful, talented. So if you can listen to our interview over there on Gen X, this is why, and definitely check out her work at living on a prairie tv.com. Um, awesome. and also just a real quick note, I am going to see reality gaze April 3rd. I'm so excited. I am so excited. I know I'm trying to make it happen. Where is this? You've seen them. Yeah, I know. (laughs) So they're in Philly and I'm really excited. Mm -hmm. Guys, if you like 90 Day Fiance, go listen to Reality Gaze. I mean, it will change your life. They are the best. We love them so much. Lots of dick jokes. Lots Mm of Mm -hmm. OnlyFans talk for research purposes, of course. Mm -hmm. Lots of musical theater references. Basically... 
all of my loves. Yes, absolutely. All right. So, and you can find us at six degrees of reality tv.com. And we're also on Instagram. Follow us there. We don't do much on Facebook. Mm-mm. You can like us there, but we don't really do anything. So Instagram is where it's at. Instagram's where it's at, although we don't do much there either. But we're, we're busy, there guys. Either. We're busy. We're busy. Like one day, our dream is for someone to sponsor us, a little yes. network perhaps, to pick us up yes. and um, help you know, stir this ship so that we can just do this full time. <laughs> yeah, and then we'll have like yachts and country club memberships. And no, I'm just kidding. Oh my that God. That would we'll never happen. We, we'll be lucky if we could just pay the hosting fees on our website. Exactly. <laughs> oh my God. So speaking of like random extravagant things, I've been going back and forth with this. So they just announced that they're making like these special edition Manolo Blahniks no. bucket socks. They're no. hideous. They're no. over $900 and I no. want them, but I cannot justify spending that much money on that. Look at me. Yeah. No. No. I, I, if I have $995 shoes on, why am I riding the subway? Exactly. exactly. So I cannot in good faith have those, but if someone wants to gift them to me. <laughs> it's going to be like that episode of Friends where Monica runs Rachel's life. Yeah. And I, every time you want to make an extravagant purchase, you just call me up and I'll be like, nope. nope, nope. Not for them. fashion, at least. Don't need them. Not for fashion, right. You want to take 900 bucks and go to 90s con, go ahead. But no. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> All right, girl. Thanks everyone for listening and we'll see you soon. Bye. Bye, snowballs. Even when we're on a budget, we still deserve nice things. Quince is a place to scoop up stunning high-end goods for 50 to 80% less than similar brands. They have buttery soft cashmere sweater starting at $50, luxurious Italian leather bags, and so much more. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. Get the high-end goods you'll love without the high price tag with Quince. Go to quince.com style for free shipping and 365-day returns.